Hi, and welcome to our podcast at Elim Life Church. We're really praying that you would be impacted by God's word as you listen today. If you've got any stories of answered prayer or you'd like to get in touch in any way, please contact us via our website, www.elimlifechurch.co.uk. God bless. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned to her, Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, he said, Go away, the girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. Well, hello and welcome to this part of our service where we're going to get to explore God's word together. And I'm picking back up on the theme that we've been looking at, which is look to Jesus. What does it look like to have a faith that is grounded in Christ? And so we're going to be exploring these two stories that are found for us in the Gospels. One is a restoration story and the other a resurrection story. And they involve two very different types of people. And yet, as we heard read, we see Jesus responding with compassion and love to each of those families. And I just want to encourage you today that as you're listening, it is possible, wherever you are right now, that as you reach out to God, you don't have to do that in fear. You can look to Jesus because he'll respond to you with love and compassion. Now, a few years ago, I had the privilege of traveling to Israel, and we went to a particular place just on the edge of Galilee called Magdala. And in Magdala, it's a historic site where they've built a kind of synagogue replica over what was a first century port. And in the chapel on the lower level, as you walk into the room, there's this lovely stone altar, and then there's this picture which is called Encounter. And it depicts part of the story that we've had read to us today. The woman with a blood disorder looking to Jesus, reaching out to touch the hem of his garment in the hope that her life would be changed. And it draws us into the moment so beautifully. Now, this chapel is located on a first century port marketplace. And it's very possible that Jesus would have walked these very streets, this very place where this site is now found. And the designers and the restorers of this site, they share about why they chose this particular image in the chapel. Because it was a woman looking for healing, and she found it when she looked to Jesus. What a miraculous and life-changing encounter. 
And today their desire is that people can stand on the stones of the marketplace where Jesus walked and have a personal encounter with Jesus of the historic nature, but also a spiritual encounter. And I have to say that this was true of me. In fact, I didn't even make it to the chapel as I started to walk the site and began to imagine Jesus walking the site. I began to imagine Jesus speaking and teaching in the synagogue. And as I did that, as I began to walk around this site, I just found myself crying softly as I was just encountering afresh God's love and his compassion. It was a really special moment where I looked to Jesus in my mind and I looked to him and met him in that place. And that can be true of you today. In fact, that's my prayer as you're watching online, whether you're watching live with us right now on a Sunday or whether you're watching it on demand, that that you would encounter Jesus afresh. In fact, I'm going to pray for us right now, and then we're going to dive into this wonderful encounter. Father, I want to thank you that you are real and that you love us. Jesus, I want to thank you that by your Spirit, you presence yourself amongst us. And for every person that watches this, Lord, may they encounter your love and your compassion afresh. We welcome the work of your Spirit as we're scattered all over We recognize that we are still one in you, and we invite you to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So we are going to look then at one of the accounts that's found in the Gospels for us. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all kind of record this for us. Um, And as with all eyewitness accounts, each one gives us a different perspective. So Matthew, which was read earlier, thanks Joel, gives us a broad overview of the event. Mark goes into more of the context, and then Luke gives us these lovely little details that show the compassion of Jesus. But I'd love us to look at the account that is found in Mark chapter 5. So if you've got a physical Bible, grab that, or if you've got it on a tablet or on your phone, then get open Mark and chapter 5. Let me share with you a little bit of the context of that. Jesus is busy teaching and preaching. Let me tell you, that can take it out of you, even if it's just to a camera in a room. It can be quite tiring, and Jesus has spent a lot of time teaching and preaching, sharing the good news of the kingdom. And crowds are often following him. They're wanting to get a glimpse of him. They're wanting to hear what he has to say. Maybe they're intrigued by this Jesus. And on this particular day, a man approaches Jesus. He looks to Jesus for help. And he's a guy called Jairus. He's a synagogue leader, which means that he's a really important man in that community. A religious kind of leader, but a community leader. And he comes to Jesus. He looks at Jesus because his daughter is deathly ill. Now, Matthew's version kind of condenses it, and he tells us that his daughter has already died. But as Luke and Mark unfold, we see that his daughter dies as Jairus comes. But there's something in Jairus that looks to Jesus and says, this man can bring my daughter life. This man can bring healing to my daughter. And so Jesus responds to his cry for help with compassion. He's like, I'll come with you. And so they're maneuvering their way through the crowd. People are jostling around. They're trying to get a glimpse. They're trying to see who he is. And as they're on their way, an unnamed woman reaches out to touch the hem of Jesus's garment, hoping, believing, wishing, praying that she'd be healed. So let's pick it up in Mark 5 and verses 25 onwards. It says, Now a woman suffering from bleeding 
for 12 years, had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Having heard something about Jesus, she stretches out a hand and she stretches out her faith. And Jesus is aware that something has happened. So let's pick it back up again in verse 30. It says, immediately, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you and yet you say, who touched me? But he was looking to see who had done this. The woman with fear and trembling knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. Wow. She looks to Jesus. But that's not the only story that's captured in this account. Jesus continues on to the house of Jairus. And when he arrives there, all the professional mourners have begun to mourn the loss and lament and to cry out. And as he arrives at the house, Jesus only allows Peter, John, James, the child's father and mother, to enter. Let's pick it up in verse 39. It says, He went in and said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. But he put them all outside. I quite like that. He put them all outside. He took the child's father, mother, and those who were with him, and entered the place where the child was. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. At this, they were utterly astounded. And then he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Wow. Two very different types of people, two very different families looking to Jesus, reaching out to Jesus. A woman and a young girl's father. In the society of the day, women and children, well, they weren't very highly regarded at all, often not considered worth the time or the effort. But Jesus has such compassion for the whosoever he has compassion, whether we long for an area of restoration in our lives or we've got something that needs resurrecting in our lives, Jesus responds to us with compassion and love. He cares about the trouble and the pain that we experience. And whether we consider ourselves someone important like Jairus or maybe not so much like the unnamed woman, Jesus responds to us with compassion. Whether it's a long-standing issue or an immediate crisis, Jesus responds to us with compassion. God is a God of restoration and resurrection. So I want us to take a few moments to consider, what does that mean to me in my life, in this moment, in this season? What does it mean? So let's firstly look at the restoration story. 
a chronic and long-standing issue. Although this is a physical healing, it is ultimately a restoration story. You see, this woman had been ill for 12 years. She is bleeding, broken, and bankrupt. And in that culture, to be ill in that way means that you were unclean. So you would be isolated and cut off from community life and from worship and religious life. But on this day, she's heard something about Jesus. And she ventures out with all the faith that she can muster. She stretches out her hands and she touches the hem of his cloak. Jesus is there, but she has to move towards him. She stretches out her hand and she stretches out her faith. I want to ask you, right now, Jesus is with you. How are you stretching out your hand and stretching out your faith towards him? How are you looking to him? You know, it tells us that, that it says, having heard about Jesus, she came up, verse 27, she came up behind him in the crowd, touched his clothing, thinking, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. I wonder what she'd heard about Jesus. Whatever it is, it was enough to move her from isolation to interaction. It was enough to move her from a place where she could have hidden away to a place where she could potentially be seen. It was enough to move her from a place of, of risking rejection, of reaching out a hand. And the reality is that isolation can negatively impact our lives. You know, COVID-19 has impacted our lives. For many, in a challenging and difficult way, it may have affected our mental health. It may have affected our finances, our relationships. You may have experienced trauma and loss or may even have had the virus. We have all experienced a measure of isolation. But you are not isolated from Jesus. He is right there with you. As this woman reaches out, Jesus stops he treats her with dignity as an individual. In that culture, for her to, an unclean person, to reach out to a religious leader, it was against every law. She crosses every barrier to reach out to him. And when he realizes and he stops and he looks for her, in fear and trembling, she falls at his feet and tells the whole story. What courage and vulnerability from her. What compassion from Jesus. He heals her, he restores her, he treats her as a human being, and he will show you the same compassion. I want to say Jesus is not too busy with a global pandemic to stop for you. You know, we don't know if the condition was based on anything she'd done or simply an affliction, but he restores her dignity, he calls her daughter, he restores her dignity and it restores her to the community. There is so much more than physical healing going on in this story. I want to say, don't be held back by shame. Don't be held hostage by fear, but look to Jesus. With her healing, not only was she restored to health, but she was restored to community life and faith life. And church, we are working on being restored to gathered community life to regathering somehow, to connect together in person. And our connections haven't been the same during this lockdown, but, 
But our connection to Jesus isn't dependent on whether we're able to meet in a building or not, because Jesus is with you. So I want to encourage you not to be isolated, but to look to Jesus. So let's take a few moments to respond to that part of the story in two ways. One, we're going to look inward, and then two, we're going to look outward. So inwardly, where do you feel isolated? And how do you need to look to Jesus? Being in a crowd doesn't mean you necessarily encounter Jesus. On that day, there was a whole crowd jostling, but it's only the woman who looks to Jesus, who reaches out, that meets divine love and healing. I want to say you might be watching online with a crowd of other people, but maybe in your heart right now, you need to reach out to Jesus, to look to Jesus. Jesus can meet you right now. And I want to say to you, church, and any guests or visitors who are watching online, don't isolate yourself. Yes, there may be physical and social restrictions in place, but please don't isolate yourself from God or from God's people. You know, we really have tried to keep connected with you. We have a fantastic team who are giving pastoral calls on a regular basis. We have an amazing team that every week will pray for your prayer requests. We have connect groups that meet through the week where we explore God's word and we cheer one another on. There are ways for us to keep connected and not isolated. In the autumn, we've got some new groups coming that will help us with our well-being. We really want to say to you, church, don't isolate yourself. It's going to be great to have some break and rest through the summer, but I want to encourage you, keep connecting and tuning in. And church, let's be a people who reach out to others. Who can you pray for or encourage this week? Who can you show some of the grace of God to? Let's be a people who come to the God who restores, who look to Jesus and reflect his love for others. So there's that, first of all, that restoration story. And then there's this incredible resurrection story. Jairus, a synagogue leader, a community leader, he puts his family ahead, any, ahead of any sense of his own importance. You see, this role that he has in the community was very significant and important. And many people in his sphere were not very welcoming of Jesus. In fact, the religious community were doing their best to oppose Jesus and looking for ways to get rid of Jesus. And so Jairus takes a bit of a step of faith here. He risks his reputation because he puts the needs of his family ahead of his reputation. He looks to Jesus and he too falls at Jesus' feet. The woman falls at his feet. Jairus falls at his feet. Jairus humbles himself in front of an onlooking crowd. I mean, who knows that pride can stop us from reaching out and looking to Jesus? Maybe we think we can do it on our own. Perhaps we're fearful of seeming weak. God knows you. He knows your strengths and your weaknesses. And he'll respond to you with compassion. Don't let pride stop you from looking to Jesus. And as the account unfolds and Jesus is delayed by the encounter with the unnamed woman, Jairus is left with a choice. Does he continue to look to Jesus or does he accept the reality of the situation that his daughter has gone? I don't know, anyone else feel like 2020 has had its fair share of unexpected interruptions, delays and disappointments? Yeah, okay, I can see your hands, I can't see your hands, but I imagine you going, yep, yep, this is not what we imagined. Oh, we have a choice. 
Will we continue to look to Jesus? Will we continue to believe that he can do something in us and with us and through us? And sometimes the circumstance doesn't change, but the reality of his presence in our life changes us. Jesus is a life bringer. And Jairus allows Jesus to continue to his home, even though it seems like it's all over and it's too late. And as Jesus goes in to heal her, we don't know why he only took a few disciples and the parents. Maybe it was for the dignity of the 12-year-old girl. Maybe it was because they had faith. Maybe it was a bit of both. But let's read again, Mark 5, verse 41. Then he took the child by the hand. Wow, such compassion. And said to her, Talitha kum, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. At this, they were utterly astounded. Wow, Jesus shows such compassion. He took her by the hand. Other accounts tell us that he said, give the girl something to eat. I think I would have liked Jesus in that moment. He's so practical. But he treats her with such compassion. Little girl, a term of affection. And he commands her to wake up. He brings a fresh start for her and her family. What a resurrection story. As they look to Jesus, he responds with compassion. So let's just take a few moments to respond to this resurrection story. An inward response and an outward response. The inward response is maybe to ask ourselves what feels like it's dying and needs resurrecting in our lives or What delay or disappointment is trying to stop you looking to Jesus? I want to encourage you that you will find compassion and love as you look to Jesus. And my prayer is that whether you feel that you need some restoration or resurrection, that you would encounter him afresh today. And for those of us perhaps who don't feel that we need that, I want to say to you, this child was unable to ask for help herself. Her father had to step in and intercede on her behalf. Church, who can you be praying for? Who needs to see some resurrection power in their life? Who can you help to encounter God? You know, the name Jairus literally means God will awaken. Isn't that incredible that the name of the father who intercedes on behalf of his dying daughter, that his actual name means God will awaken. And your prayers can awaken life and hope in others. Your encouragement, your messaging, your care can do the same. Just thinking about our little seeds and and the way that every week they get a thankful Thursday and different parents and carers and guardians and grandparents are encouraged. They're bringing life to our community. So whether you need restoration or resurrection, I want to encourage you to look to Jesus. You know, faith takes Jairus from a life of fear to peace. Faith took the woman from a life of suffering to healing. But faith does more than just make us feel better. It connects us to Jesus. So let me pray before we continue to worship together. Holy Spirit, we want to say thank you for your presence with us in all things, in all places. In seasons where we're in pain and in seasons where we're in joy, we thank you for your presence. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now for every single person watching, 
whether they need a restoration touch or whether they need a resurrection touch from you, that God, they would encounter your compassion and your love afresh. And Lord, I pray that we as a church would be a people who are the ones who represent you and reach out to those who need restoring, that we reach out to those who feel isolated and we reach out to those who feel like hope has gone and we reflect your life and your hope into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to sing together a beautiful song that's called No Other Name. And it's a song of restoration and it's a song of resurrection. And I want to encourage you, maybe even where you are, maybe to stand up at home or to kneel down or somehow to respond and use this song as a prayer. So come on, let's worship.